0: to the Couples Guide Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia.
1: We're both licensed marriage and family therapists, and today, like every day, <laughs> we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. <laughs> Episode 96. Wow. Wow. Talia, uh, would you please do the intro immediately right now? Um, only no, if- I don't like how you started it that way. Could you please instead, <laughs> Talia, start it with an ah uh, instead of an uh, please?
0: I will
1: try. No, to not do the- will, not the will. Oh my gosh, you can't do <laughs> anything right. Never mind. I'm doing this episode by myself.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll just sit here and be yelled at because that's what I love and I'm too afraid to leave i hope i'm not actually activating you talia no, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is great i love when we start like this because people have no clue what we're diving into and then they sign up for a ride and stay so what are we you want to introduce the topic and then i'll introduce where it came from
1: but <laughs> i'm just the title you have to explain what we're doing this is a great okay. idea you had um where episode 96 is stop micromanaging your marriage um Honestly, if I heard that intro, I'd be, like, stressed out already. Like, what's happening?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Either there's way too much identification on one or both sides.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Stop micromanaging your marriage. What the heck are we talking about today?
0: This topic has come up numerous times in recent sessions uh, with individuals I see who are part of a couple as well as couples I see. And it's a theme where the partner who is wanting to delegate more, typically more of the mental load off or make it equal or more fair between themselves and their partner is still going in after tasking or offloading to the other person and micromanaging and criticizing. And the person that they're offloading this to or tasking this to of like, hey, I would like you to do this from now on doesn't feel the support from their partner that they would like nor competent or capable to actually follow through on what they've agreed to do due to being micromanaged. And I have told them, and this is a theme um, I would say we've explored in some ways on this podcast before and asking themselves the question, is it more important who does it that it gets done at all when it gets done or how it gets done. And you can really only pick one when you're delegating and you can't micromanage. If it's important how it gets done, then it's up to you before you delegate, leaving a very clear step-by-step list, but also including, here's how I do it. You may not do it this way. You might not find this helpful at all. If it's of a service, let me know and I'll write you the list. If not, I will have you figure it out your way. And you as the person who's offloading has to let go of that need for control for things Mm -hmm. to be exactly the way that you like them and let your partner do it the way that they're going to do it. If Mm -hmm. really, if it's important that it gets done after it's off your plate, do not go check the other person's plate of like, you didn't heat that up, right? They're like, what are you doing? Why are you here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's important to also dive into for the partner who has this burning desire to micromanage what's going on for them um, oftentimes. And on the flip side, um, what's going on for a partner or what could be going on emotionally for a partner who is doing like the new thing and then how micromanaging mm-hmm. could affect them.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, so should we start with why people micromanage? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I have the actual definitions. You know me, I love being okay. a linguist. Micromanaging or micromanagement is a negative term that refers to an interaction or managerial style. So, it's a pattern of behavior marked by excessive supervision and control of work and processes, as well as limited delegation of tasks or decisions. So, it not only happens in corporations and companies, it definitely happens in relationships, especially marriages. I think the need for control, the need to feel safe, the need to have things done a certain way that allows you to live your day to day life the way you've been used to, all of those included can lead to the feelings of my, the desire to micromanage and well as the recipient partner feeling micromanaged. Uh-huh. The need for control, I would say, is at the core and at the foundation mixed with not knowing another way. So it's it's not to say, I mean, I'm sure there are a subset of people who know that there's another alternative and are just actively foregoing it. And they're like, yep, screw that. I'm not going to choose it. But I would say for the most part, it would be a revelation if you offered the micromanager, you know, you don't have to do it this way and then working with them on letting go of control and being Mm -hmm. comfortable with who they are, not having to be in charge all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Safety and control is where I was going to go with it. I love that you're on that uh, wavelength with me because that is such a, a powerful set of emotions or I guess needs safety and control needs. Um, Safety is why we try to grasp control. And yeah. that powerful need for safety is what can lead to the powerful emotions of fear, anger, mm-hmm. resentment, mm-hmm. because we're like, ah, hey, it needs to be this way. Right. Um, but I think it's important to just start at that place because then if you find yourself as the micromanager, which I am for sure, um, I definitely in this control freak and have the, the like the, and have this streak of me in relationship, um, but that allows those of us like that to take a look and go, oh wait, what is actually needed here to feel safe in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the broad, broad, broad piece yeah. to it. Um, because then if you can attune to the safety, you go like, oh, I don't feel safe in this. Like, well, how come? Is it you want something done by your, your spouse because it's to help with the kids? And if it's not really getting done, then it's stressful And then if they don't do it, quote unquote, the right way, then it doesn't actually relieve that stress for you. Okay, so you're trying to create safety by relieving stress. Well, that's a different conversation you can have when you go at the heart of it, that it's not really about this task that you've asked, you know, your partner to do. You can be like, hey, it's actually like, I can share, I'm really stressed because this is how these things play out. There's an opening for discussion. If you come at a softer angle, and um and softly going into mm-hmm. the safety piece, the stress piece, here's where you're struggling, because most people can hear that, oh, you don't like me loading the dishwasher this way.
0: It's always the <laughs> not dishwasher. That not that I've ever
1: complained to a partner about that before in my life. <laughs> um this isn't but... personal. But it's actually because for whatever reason, when it's that way, that is more difficult for you. And then it makes it more stressful to like manage the kids while it's like in that position. Yes. I don't know. I'm making the yeah. yeah, yeah. right now. It but might be compounded. Example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you can go softly into that if you do need to need to talk about it. But more importantly, mm-hmm. I think it's um, so that us micromanagers can go, we can soothe ourselves. We can go, actually, it doesn't really matter how this works, how Mm -hmm. the dishwasher is loaded, or, oh, I, this doesn't feel like how I'd want it, but that's okay. I can Mm -hmm. know that this is more just my need for control, to have that safety. And then I can take my responsibility to go, they're doing it. That's what I asked. And it's a different way than I would do it. And that's okay. And letting Mm -hmm. them, you know, uh, be in that power in the relationship and letting me not, uh, a word you used before we were recording it, like undercut it, not undercut this great thing that my partner is yeah. doing now.
0: Yeah. And what, as you were talking, I was almost like half writing a movie in my brain <laughs> and then like with the dishwasher and then mm-hmm. half thinking about what that's like in the experience of the person who desires the control and feels safe through control when there's a hyper independence activated and many of the couples I work with are in heterosexual relationships. So I will say as of late and where this theme is coming from, this is just my own clinical data is the female partner in the relationship is having a lot of struggle with letting go of control because they felt they have felt the need to be in control or have controlled their whole life and maybe even have a role outside of the house where that's, something that they're lauded for, and that the control actually has a place in their career, but it doesn't really have a place in terms of running a whole household because everybody feels chaotic and they're starting to only do things to avoid being yelled at. They're not doing things because they see the merit in it or they uh, have been asked to do it. They're just doing it to not get yelled at, which is not a, um, I would say, not a comfy position to be in. So when the person is wanting that control and they don't want to delegate, they will thwart or The partner's attempts, or they'll emasculate the partner. And this is, in this case, a gender neutral term. It just means to like weaken or lessen the effectiveness of we emasculate ourselves. We emasculate men. If I don't feel like, if I can't have the power, neither can you. Or if I feel like you're threatening to take away my power, I'm going to take it away from you first so that you don't even get to come near me. And then there's all these other compounding issues in romance and intimacy and closeness because. If I uh, I'm not a man, but I would venture a guess, if I am a man and feeling consistently emasculated and like I can't provide, or uh, I'm not being asked to do anything, or I am being asked and I can't actually do it, I would eventually stop attempting, and then I would stop attempting pretty much the whole entire marriage because my brain might jump to, and this is again back to being general, my brain might jump to, well, what's the point? Why would I try if I know that you're, and that might that pattern is likely reinforced. Every time you ask me to do the dishwasher, it takes two minutes and you hear me, you hear the dishwasher open and I hear your feet come down the stairs and you're standing at the kitchen island, just kind of looking, making conversation with me. And then maybe you're not even saying anything. You're just kind of making those disapproving faces while I'm stacking certain things in the dishwasher. Do you have a comment? Oh, no. But like, if you just want any help, I was just going to say that like, sometimes it helps if you put the bowls this way and said, do it yourself. and. (laughs) any partner who hears that is going to get frustrated. It's like, no, but really what's behind the no is, no, I don't want to do it myself. I want you to do it the way I would do it. So it gets done the way I would do it without me having to do it. Illogical. That's not real life. That's not going to be sustainable. So while the person who is delegating or struggling to delegate really in some ways wants to have less control, they are deeply afraid of having less control because they may have never experienced having no control. Or on the converse, they may have a very toward past with having no control or feeling like no sense of control in their childhood home. And now this is their way to compensate for that in adulthood. So you you might be asking, and I've known this with my couples too, you might be asking them to take away one of their survival coping skills without realizing it. So it's necessary to explore where the micromanagement comes from. Is this a reclamation of power and control? Is this something that was modeled to you growing up in your childhood home? Where is this coming from before we ask you to change it? for both people and why would you pick somebody who micromanages you (laughs) like is your mom controlling is was she controlling to your dad and so you just were like this is what husbands do and you picked your wife like that like I really explore those themes with my couples because many of the times they both are like I don't want this (laughs) they like and they're like wait you don't we're just like no do you and they're like no thank god you said that because I'm so over this pattern
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I love everything you're saying I would um, add into it that in a specific example of, say, a couple trying to change, and yeah. say the micromanaging partner um, has asked the other partner to do something different, like, hey, you do the dishwasher now, or yeah. like you're in charge of that now, it's not my chore anymore. Um, then I want to add that then for the micromanager, consider what kind of grief might be involved in that change. Yeah. It's like, yes and that might sound a little uh, counterintuitive but part of this dynamic that can happen comes from oh I'm finally getting what I wanted maybe not exactly but I'm getting what I wanted but that also means wait a second there's things I didn't plan on that I was getting that I didn't want such Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. I really liked having the dishes stacked up this way my partner does it differently okay Mm -hmm. I have to grieve how it looks a little different now Mm -hmm. might seem really, really petty. And again, I've never, ever had to go through this. (coughs) But the point is, if you take a moment and go, oh, there's a place to grieve that something might be changing, that will help you through that process. Because Mm -hmm. even if it's something as silly and simple as the dishwashing, the dishes, change can still be stressful, particularly for those with a need for safety and control. Stress is emotional pain. And then when something is different, you might have liked it in a certain way. And you're like, oh, that's different now. I live with another person. I have a partner. It's not all going to be my way. Correct. And so I need to trust the other person to do what I've asked them to. And on top of it, grieve that because now I'm living in partnership, some things are going to be different. Mm Mm-hmm and yeah, that's it's not okay just you anymore or just yeah. them anymore yeah. exactly that's like kind of what you were touching about the autonomy piece too is getting into this and being okay with it so i just want to add in like there could be yeah. a grief process where you're getting exactly what you want
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you can still mourn a piece of it um mm-hmm. to be a little more like instead of like silly about the dishwasher i think a, a good example that um comes from uh, couples i work with where let's say uh, a common thing or a couple's trying to develop more intimacy and connection, Mm -hmm, super common mm -hmm. thing to work on. Yes. Yes. But to do that, they have to give up some of their alone time or autonomy or going Mm -hmm. about things the way they used to. Yeah. It's just the trade-off. Both partners know they want that increased intimacy and connection, especially in therapy. They're seeing it working so well. Like, Oh, this is great. It's what we want. Yeah. But there's also, I make sure we hold space for the grief of, yeah, you don't make those decisions by yourself anymore. Or yeah, maybe it is a little scary that you're not completely in charge of your morning routine the way you used to because now you want to add in, you have this thing to do with your partner. Mm -hmm. So so grieving the changes doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Correct. But it's one way to deal with the emotional um, dilemma of I've asked my partner for change and they're giving it to me maybe not exactly how I wanted, but on the important factor. So I need to now go like, wait, the important piece is being heard and honored and they're growing and adjusting to it. I need to grieve that then some of the things that I might've wanted might be not exactly how they used to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a... uh I think there's sometimes a desire to rush that unfolding and other times there's a desire to never have to go through any of that unfolding. And we just wake up one day, like the remote and click and we're in the version of our lives where it's all integrated. That's not typically how, unless somebody else has that remote, please email me privately so I can uh, borrow it, <laughs> but uh, just want to see what it's like for a day. Yeah. I don't think that that's the general, that's not going to happen. Like the, the more likely scenario is that, you are going to have to work at this actively. And we spend so much of our lives trying to get away from our childhood homes, even if we like them, like individuation and autonomy is a very important process in adulthood. We spend so much time trying to get away from it. And then we have this small window typically where it's just us. Even if we're dating, it's like just us. And then solo, what my oneness becomes two-ness. And now I'm right back to having to integrate into a system. And it's going to push on you because the adult part of you that's gained autonomy is like, I don't want to give this up i would argue knowing the delineation for yourself between where is this my autonomy and my sense of self and i can do this on my own and my control to need to do this on my own Uh, that is a very important delineation so you're not thinking you must control everything or that anybody trying to take away your perceived sense of control is a threat to your autonomy this is where my my view of it is this is where micromanaging comes from in the relationship you've spent so many years of your life fighting potentially for your way to be the way that you get to do things. So you've assumed that it's the right way. Mm-hmm. Your way is not always the right way. And there's more than one way to load a dishwasher. But I can guarantee you when we say that there's people like, no, there's not. There's only one way to load it. And I know we keep going back to that example, but it is very true in couples relationships. And it's where the, I would say, a lot of the, uh, the crescendo of a lot of conflict comes up because it's a very neutral example but it also is a very triggering example when it comes to like oh you don't know how to load one at all or it has to be this way or bust and I knew like with my partner he taught me a new way to load the silverware that has changed my whole life and I don't know if you know this but he'll stack all the forks in one all the spoons in one and all the knives in one <laughs> do you know how much time that cuts down and having to deal with silverware genius <laughs> honestly he should win a Nobel Prize Brilliant. And here I was doing it my way. And then he did. I'm like, that's so smart. He's like, yeah, my dad taught me this growing up. And I was like, I love your dad. I do love his dad. But it's just like phenomenal to watch this in action that if you let go of control and you ask for help, how much that help can help you back if you let it happen. If you allow the person to help you and then you are open to what that looks like it can save you other resources in the future. It saves me a lot of time, which I appreciate because that's the uh-huh. most precious resource. Uh-huh. So I would say on the micromanager's end, those are some of the desires. And then on the recipient of the micromanaging, I don't know if you're in this um, fantasy conflict, if you were to ever uh-huh. have one about the dishwasher, <laughs> you know. Um, what do you what do you think your partners may have, I don't know, felt if we had to guess?
1: Well, to... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just guessing here, but I would (laughs) guess that there would be, first of all, the stress of the initial request. There is the, hey, I would like you to do something different. That Mm -hmm. can be um, very simple stress of just the, uh, okay, I now have a new thing I need to try to remember, because I'm going to try to be a good partner. So I'm going to try to do that. But it could also be more, um, more intense stress if this feedback is, hey, can you do something different? It can be like, oh, am I not good enough? Like, am I doing something wrong and it's bad? Mm. That wasn't the case for the dishwasher. Um, I was about to say, of course, although I'm sure some people could feel that way. But in that case, it's not. But um, first thing is like understanding like when there's that request to do something different or change or whatever, um, there can be an initial stress to it. But then also want to like track that emotional journey of assuming this is a partner who is investing in the relationship is actually trying you have that stress and then the outcome of how they feel about the behavior is so dependent on their partner's response to it in this case the micromanager so mm-hmm. and that's where i wanted to get into about the like you know the effects of this of Already you have the partner who's trying to do like the new thing or, or do a thing in the relationship who might be stressed because it's new and they're trying to adjust They're trying to be a good partner. Remembering that that takes effort. And then if they're in that mode and then they do the thing and they get criticism for it, yeah. or even if it's the softest criticism and it's just even a passive, like um, I'm not even going to say anything about the dishwasher, but once you're gone and out of the room, I'm just going to put the, them back the way I like them in a specific order. Even something as like innocuous yeah. as that. I
0: laugh because I've that before. He rearranged the freezer yeah. and it was the nicest yeah. thing. And then I looked yeah. and I was like, this is yeah. not where the meats go. Like the meats go on this yeah. shelf. And yeah, I like yeah. began to undo it. And he was like, okay. And I was like, I'm yeah. sorry. I just yeah. like, this saves me knowing where the things are saves yeah. me time. And I do most of the cooking. So like I would." Or can I be there while you do it so I can memorize where it goes? That's another way that you can avoid rearranging is, like, be there when it happens for the first time and learn the new system.
1: Well, okay, that's a little side tangent that we'll go down of, like, there is places to, in the collaboration of let's do something and you're you're asking, you know, you as partners are trying to just do a new thing together to distribute the mental, emotional, physical labor of the relationship, whatever it is, you can go into collaboration I think the key is like, we're kind of, at least I'm sitting in a space talking about once that kind of collaboration is done or something's happening, then let that be the case. Like don't go into continual micromanaging mode. Your example, I think is one with the freezer of probably didn't, no one really thought that it needed a collaboration. That's okay. Once you go, oh, we've discovered there is a thing here. Then you go into collaboration mode. You go into... Thank you for being awesome and working on the freezer. And you know what? That's actually the way you did it. Uh, stresses me out a little bit. Let's collaborate on how we can, you know, adjust this in a different way.
0: I would say appreciate before you undo. Yes. <laughs> like highlight and appreciate when your partner puts in the effort and don't take it as a threat to your independence uh-huh. that your the way you have things organized is not good enough like it's i don't i don't take it personally by any means when he and i go back and forth on some other topics too it's more of like okay where i always ask him like where is this stemming from because i don't think it's about us <laughs> i i think it's about our past lives before we were together what's going on and that usually leads to like oh well my mom this my dad this or i say my mom this or my dad this or my household growing up and then we arrive at that makes perfect sense. And there are times then when out of service of, I don't want to trigger a childhood experience or I don't need it as badly as I want to make sure that I'm valuing my relationship above all else. Then I'm like, okay, it's not that big of a deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not worth the fight. It's actually, I can learn to live with it this new way that might not be my way. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And being, being more in that radical acceptance mind state. And when you are being micromanaged, the criticism is not motivating. And there's this, I think I've referenced it before, but this book by Dr. Lou Brizendine, The Female Brain, explains that the way that our brains are hardwired, we hear criticism and it's almost a motivator. And that's not the way that, the male brain, which is the book in the other room that I have, it's not the way the male brain is structured to, to filter that. So similar behavior, but filtered much differently, it feels like an emasculation and it's going to thwart their attempts or efforts. And then we get equally frustrated. It's like, well, then you never do anything. It's like, well, no shit. They never do anything. You criticize them every single time they try to do something, or you go in and micromanage after the fact, once you've delegated it, do not follow up. Unless something is being gravely missed, or as Eve Rodsky says in her book, like it's neglecting the minimum standard of care that you both agree on, then yes, you can attend to it and bring it up, but that's why you have to have all these negotiations. And we've joked on this before. Hopefully you're not marrying somebody who was raised in the same household as you. Like, <laughs> hopefully, and that's going to be yeah. problematic because you have to unlearn those old ways and relearn your ways, not the right way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or not the only way.
1: Exactly. I'm going to reiterate a little bit what you said, because that's where I was going before the yeah. tangent piece anyway. I just yeah. want to say it in in another way. W- See, a whole different way. Um, and that's okay. So <laughs> when someone's doing that thing and it's mm-hmm. a new thing it's in stress mode, whether it's big or small stress, when, you, when that person hears something about do it differently and they're stressed, then it can come as the criticism, which is what Correct. you're talking about. Yes. And yes, how are different brains can interpret it or a thing I don't really uh differentiate in that I just think like hey there's a potential no matter yep. male female that if I'm doing a thing and then my partner who had already requested it starts commenting on how I'm doing it that's just gonna make the internal message be okay I'm stressed yep I'm not doing it right they don't appreciate all the work I'm doing work being I'm stressed doing this even if it's a new simple thing I'm trying this they don't appreciate all the work I'm doing. And um, one of two things, either now I'm more stressed, so now I'm overwhelmed, it makes me way less likely to do the thing because once we get into overwhelm of stress, it's really common for people to shut down and go, I'm gonna mm-hmm. avoid it completely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or it's gonna be like, oh, I'm more stressed and now I'm hurt. And in this kind of thing, if you, if the hurt is coming from a criticism standpoint, I'm more likely to like have that hurt turn to anger and frustration and fire back into an argument.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's like the, the not so great way that how the recipient of micromanaging can respond and why, of course, we're saying stop micromanaging in your marriage. In the positive flip, so of like what to do is if you remember that the, the person, you know, the partner who is trying to do something new or honor a request or do something for the relationship, even if it's not putting the dishes in exact place that you might like them, um, in that stress place, when the partner comes in and shares appreciation and points out the effort, or even just acknowledges that it's happening as in attunes to the stress and soothes the stress. Yeah. A, the stress is going to go away a lot faster on repetition so that mm-hmm. each new time I'm you know, doing the new thing, it's not going to be stressful. And B it can actually rewire the brain into, Ooh, this is a positive thing. Look, when I do that stuff, my partner loves it. I feel like a strong, competent partner. Um, I feel secure and safe in the relationship. I mean, that can turn into an emotional foreplay moment of, wow, look at that. So Mm -hmm. that's why like, I like to crouch this like psychological evaluation of the person in, um, the, uh, recipient of mic- micro-managing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so too clumsy of words, but crushing is like, remember the stress that it takes to do something new. Because mm-hmm. if yeah. you add stress, uh-uh, you're going to not let it happen. If you decrease stress and make it comfort and soothing, boom, more likely to happen. And all this is just a fancy way that we all know from behaviorism anyway, that mm-hmm. positive reinforcement is more likely to get a behavior to go again. But I wanted mm-hmm. to like dive into the emotional piece of it about like, here, here's how I can imagine... Um, that feeling mm-hmm. in those in those um, roles in a relationship
0: mm-hmm. and that's where the I mean the positive reinforcement uh, receiving appreciation and not being criticized are I would argue all very synonymous when it comes to the the situations or this structure of a marriage that we're describing where there's micromanaged and micromanager or in analysis is one iteration be like the doer and done to the one doing the behavior is the micromanager and the one having the behavior be done to is the person feeling micromanaged. Mm -hmm. Is that a feeling that you felt in other parts of your life? Is that a feeling that you're currently feeling in other parts of your life? What do you get from that role? Do you enjoy being rescued from having to do things if indeed you are perpetuating it? Like there's more exploration that you can do as well, because as much as the micromanager is going to have to grieve a shift, the person being micromanaged will also have to grieve a shift Mm -hmm. in the behavior. And it it happened to be the other week when we were, I forget what it was. We were getting um, cleaned up after the gym, but we had set something in the oven. And I was like, did you set a timer? And he's laughing and he's like, no, I thought you were going to set a timer. And I was laughing. I'm like. Mm, okay. Do you see where I'm going with this? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I did set one just in case. And he was like, nice. And I'm like that. No, we're not doing this again. <laughs> like yeah. both of us can set it or we can talk out loud and make sure that we're not going to burn the food or whatever else. He's like, yeah, no problem. So like, it's not a fight, but it's funny because it we don't even realize, or I guess I didn't even realize how much I would just do. I also have acts of service as a love language and I love providing. I love giving of time. If I have the time to, if I'm stressed, it's a different situation, obviously, but I I don't see it as micromanaging as much as it is like, I like it. And if it helps my partner be less stressed, and it doesn't add on my stress, happy to do it. And I think that's the level that you can reach if you're trying to shift out of being micro having micromanagement occur in your marriage is let's delegate based on strengths and based on availability of time, honoring that both of our time is valuable. And sometimes one is going to have to sacrifice or compromise more than another, or it will feel like more than another. But overall, the goal is neither of us want to feel or be micromanaged. We both want to feel confident and effective and positively reinforced for what we're doing and, in behaviorism as well. If you don't like it, ignore it and it will go away. So as much as you want to micromanage in this and that, just be appreciative that it got done rather than how it got done There are rare things that it's a how or when picking up the kids from school, something Mm -hmm. like that, taking food out of the oven. Like there are rare things where it's when it gets done and how it gets done that actually make all the difference. It's not about that. It gets done. If you pick up the kids late from school at 10 p.m., that's not the minimum standard of care. First of all, second of all, what the hell? (laughs) Like that's not the same. You may as well not have done it at all. (laughs) <laughs> and also they wouldn't still be there but you i'm trying to make yeah. a dramatic point like no, that I'm is a more important like, thing.
1: two children <laughs> by <laughs> themselves <laughs> 10 p.m that's <laughs> <PM> cool <laughs> 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 no. phone calls Mama. have been had by that point yeah, but still.
0: obviously <laughs> phone calls have been had like 10 minutes after let alone yeah. 10 p.m but yeah but it's like there are rare <laughs> things and this is where you and your partner can come up with a list what are some of like and i recommend doing columns i literally i don't know if i have it in this notebook but i have couples i'll get to it Well, I also, uh, I, have, I have two. Okay. I recommend they write it out and literally have a chart of like, how, when, mm-hmm. that, and literally write out after you've divided the tasks, if there's anything in the how it gets done column that needs to be done a specific way, mm-hmm. both of you need to be on the same page. Just like if you were at a company, you don't yeah. get hired for a job and they're like, do this. And they're like, you did it wrong. You never told me how to do it. You're getting a pay deduction. What? Yeah.
1: I didn't even well, know how to do it. Or more domestically, we have tons of things that we inherently agree on that of how we do it we agree we pee in the toilet yes hopefully now there well that's my point is like (laughs) generally speaking that is a unspoken how we pee not true for actually every human in the world and But that's a good thing where you can go close like eat the real simple stuff. You go, oh, we didn't even talk about how we agreed. But we did yeah. come to an agreement that, hey, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to choose to pee in the toilet. Maybe some people pee in the shower. But we're not mm-hmm. peeing in the bed, nope. generally speaking, most Hopefully people. Hopefully not. Yeah. But there's... That's a that's an unsaid collaboration, and I'm just using that as a silly example mm-hmm. of like you're already doing that in a relationship. It's
0: un, there are things that are unspoken because of a cultural norm uh, mm-hmm. where you grew up, a familial norm, and as well as just like a human species norm. Mm-hmm. Like there's some of those too. There are going to be things where you don't have to talk about how it gets done, and it, and it would actually almost until you do until yes sometimes and that's until my point. you do. Well, because you're yeah. saying the
1: family thing is like yeah until you do, it'd be like hey wait a second this is like a family norm or something and then you realize oh wait i assumed we always peed in the toilet yeah my partner doesn't that's interesting interesting you chose that partner but let's move past that and then go into great so how come let's talk and collaborate on this mm-hmm. now it's not an unspoken thing oh we are different i kind of take that a separate exactly. direction than you were going but i want to jump No, in. but that's that's
0: a good point with the micromanaging piece and a, one of the negotiation techniques in a assertiveness training and communication skills training is the arts of compromise. And there's at least eight to nine on this list. Uh, And one of them is when I do it my way, it's my way. When we do it your way, it's your way driving. You get to put the vents where you want it. You get to put the seat where you want it. You get to put the mirrors and the rearview mirrors where you want it. And when you do it your way, that's how you have it angled. And then there's like the line of demarcation where you do not touch my radio. You do not (laughs) touch my heat seater unless you're turning it on for me. Like, there are certain ways that you can compromise on that. Driving's another great example. Most people, let's say in this example, know how to drive. Everybody has their own ecosystem and nuanced difference. If, you, if I'm worried about you, or if you're my passenger and you're worried about me speeding, reckless, this, that, whatever else, your two options are to, well, three, expect that I'm going to do it every time that we drive. Uh, you now drive for all of it if it bothers you that much because it doesn't bother me, or we reach some other compromise or fight usually leading up to that to be determined. But those are your two options. Most of the time is accept the fact that it's gonna be that way. And if it really is a health or safety concern, this is again where the how it gets done column is really Uh important to not be micromanaged. Accept it. The person's Uh gonna be different than you. They're gonna have different ways of life. You're building two lives into one in many ways. Know that that does not come without conflict. And conflict can cause growth. Conflict is really just like the rubbing up against another person psychologically and then trying to get out the other side. We're not talking about like yelling, name calling, et cetera. If micromanaging is escalating into that, please seek out a couples therapist to try and work through this. And there's the other resource that I like to recommend to couples, which I would say couples therapists have taught this for years, but it's not as quippy of a title, but it's um, Eve Rodsky's fair playbook. And it's she has cards that you can print out for free on her website of like all these other domestic tasks if you have kids or not. And you separate the cards so you have even decks. And once you pass off the card, the other person is responsible for the conception, planning and execution of whatever the task is. So for some couples, I've actually, she says not to do this in her book, but as a couples therapist, I'm like, well, I'm gonna apply it the way that it works. Some couples like handing off the card And one couple, one member is really great at the conceptualization and planning. And then the other person's really great at the execution Mm. or they're the one who has the logins for whatever it is or the points or the systems or whatever. So it makes sense for them to execute it. Cause again, it's based on strengths. So Mm. I would say that's a blend for not micromanaging also using something that makes things more equitable. And that doesn't mean you're going to have an equal amount of cards but it's equal based on your strengths. So nobody gets in a fight over feeling resentful that it's like, well, I have 50 cards and you have 50 cards, but I hate 20 of them. So I'm just going to resentfully not do mm-hmm. it. Like it's based on your strengths and what availability you have bandwidth wise and your work schedule too.
1: Yeah, the thing yeah. that to me from this piece is that as always the value of open, clear communication. And but it's just how... so
0: fun to fight. Come
1: on. For some people, I've been <laughs> in a no fight zone for two days. No thank you fighting last two days. Tomorrow. Actually, I think today I can fight. I feel <laughs> today. like today's the day. Today's <laughs> it's the like day. The, <laughs> yeah. There's this Instagram audio that I've heard where it's like, I know violence
0: is not the answer, <laughs> but yes, it is. And it's a bunch <laughs> of like cute animals, like puppies, like, you know, playing for something, but it's just yeah. so <laughs> it's funny to think about, but it is, it's the, to your point, when I say it is, it is something that some couples like and some couples don't like. Micromanaging is most likely going to lead to conflict whether it's inner conflict or external conflict nobody likes feeling micromanaged and I honestly don't think micromanagers like being the one who has to do well
1: as can see, and micromanagers don't like micromanaging it comes out of that stressful place so no one likes it um my I would say my last thing is the two words that I've heard you say the most on repeat in this episode Mm -hmm. I probably said them as well too but definitely listening to you Two things to remember appreciation and acceptance double A's that that's your antidote. That's your place sitting in that and getting to that and remembering that, that when you are in a relationship and you're shifting from full independence into where a collaborative team and control now is no longer exclusively. I am in control of all the things it is a net game of we are in control together. Yes. yes. Then your best friends are the double A's appreciate and accept mm-hmm. notice work hard to start noticing all of the things your partner is doing and appreciate them. Yeah. And when you notice the things that are different, accept the differences, accept that things are, are changing because
0: mm-hmm.
1: presumably you're in this relationship to remember or you're in this relationship and it is better than not being in this relationship otherwise yes don't be in the relationship
0: yeah or clone yourself and see what it's like to date you because exactly. your own neuroses would probably drive you nuts mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only normal to you if you live alone or solo because you're used to you yes. you're getting used to us so but there's still ooh, there's still a you in us the letter you
1: oh yeah so
0: know that it's a balance you are you but there's also a you in us and it's a it's a delicate dance. You're not going to get everything you want all of the time. It's how you handle when you do get what you want and be appreciative and also how you handle and tolerate if you don't get what you want and have a clear, effective communication with your partner about it. Be curious, not judgmental.
1: Be curious. Well, Talia, thank you for being inside of me, uh, us. Thank you very <laughs> much for being inside of us.
0: I love being inside of us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And thank you, listeners, as always, for hanging out with us. Um, if yeah. you have any questions for me and Talia or uh, that she wants to answer on the podcast, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at the couplesguidepodcast.com.
0: Yes, we will see you or you will hear us. <laughs> Whatever media you consume us in, we will be here next time for 97, right?
1: Oh my gosh, I just closed it. I think so. I think, I think so. you're right. Yep. Nine, yeah. 97. We just it did 96. 97. Nice.
0: We're almost at a hundred.
1: Woohoo. Three digits. I'm excited. Take good care, Thank everyone. You. Thank you.